Hey everybody! You are listening to the Creative BioLabs podcast, the show that introduces the basics about stem cells and their broad applications. Please contact us if you have any questions or suggestions. And don't forget to subscribe to follow the latest updates. Welcome, dear listeners. Today's featured guest remains our favorite, Dr. Benjamin Smith, the renowned scientific journal editor. Let's extend a warm welcome to this distinguished guest. Could you please greet our audience, Dr. Smith? It's a pleasure to see you all again, dear listeners. Thank you for having me, Connie. Thank you once more for joining us. In our previous episode, we delved into embryonic stem cell differentiation cultures. Initially, we explored the use of embryoid bodies as a common method for inducing embryonic stem cell differentiation in the absence of leukemia inhibitory factors. While this approach offers a pseudo-embryo-like microenvironment containing essential molecules for differentiation, it does necessitate complex three-dimensional structures, making manipulation and monitoring challenging. Consequently, stromal cell-dependent culture methods have emerged to address these complexities. These methods allow embryonic stem cells to proliferate and differentiate without forming 3D structures. It's important to note that different stromal cell lines can exert varying effects on the differentiation of embryonic stem cells. Additionally, collagen type for matrix, specific cytokines, and activin signaling have been employed to induce embryonic stem cell differentiation. In today's discussion, we will focus on the process of endothelial cell differentiation. Regarding endothelial cell differentiation, are there any techniques to purify living cells at various intermediate stages? Yes, there are primarily two methods available for this purpose. The first involves drug-based selection, where drug-resistant genes are expressed under the control of specific gene regulatory units, directing gene expression at distinct stages and within specific cell lineages. After initiating embryonic stem cell differentiation, cells of interest can be selected by exposing them to the appropriate drug concentration. The second method relies on cell sorting, necessitating the definition of cells of interest based on the expression of cell surface markers. These markers can be detected using labeled antibodies or fluorescent proteins driven by cell-specific promoters. Both methods have utility in endothelial cell differentiation. I understand. Between these two methods, which one offers more advantages? Drug-based selection is effective in depleting unwanted cells through incubation. However, it may not be suitable for selecting intermediate stages that occur only briefly during differentiation. In such cases, cell sorting techniques would be more practical. Moreover, cell sorting can combine multiple markers to define specific cell populations, a task that might be challenging to achieve with drug-based selection, despite being theoretically possible. You've provided a clear explanation. What limitations are associated with the cell sorting method, and is there a way to overcome these limitations? The main limitation of the cell sorting method is the finite number of available markers. These markers are applicable for sorting intermediate stages that occur early in embryogenesis. In the context of endothelial cell differentiation, which is well characterized with multiple markers, different stages can be successfully determined using this approach. 
That's quite promising. Could you elaborate on which markers correspond to each stage? Certainly. For instance, the markers associated with immature stages of mesoderm differentiation include E-cadherin, guscoid, platelet-derived growth factor receptor alpha, and FLK1. E-cadherin serves as a marker for undifferentiated embryonic stem cells, embryonic ectoderm, and mesendoderm. Platelet-derived growth factor receptor alpha marks mesendoderm, immature mesoderm, and paraxial mesoderm, while FLK1 is a marker of immature mesoderm and lateral plate mesoderm. Cells expressing FLK1 are capable of giving rise to cardiomyocytes. Mesendoderm cells differentiate into definitive endoderm and mesoderm, which, in turn, generate paraxial mesoderm and lateral plate mesoderm. Immature mesoderm ultimately differentiates into these lineages. Hemogenic endothelial cells first appear as a GFP-negative population, and only this population can give rise to definitive hematopoietic cells. These cells are observed in hematopoietic cell clusters in the dorsal aorta, indicating their role as hemogenic endothelial cells. Mature endothelial cells are identified by the expression of all endothelial cell markers, including FLK1, VE cadherin, CD31, and CD34, which appear sequentially in an orderly manner. I understand. Do various culture conditions result in distinct populations of endothelial cells? Absolutely. Efren B2 negative venous endothelial cells are primarily induced by vascular endothelial growth factor and serum. When the CAMP pathway is activated in conjunction with vascular endothelial growth factor, it stimulates the development of Efren B2 positive arterial endothelial cells through notch activation. Prox1 positive lymphatic endothelial cells can be induced when FLK1 expressing cells are cultured on OP9 cells. This system effectively replicates the sequential cellular processes of embryonic stem cell differentiation. Each stage can be distinguished and sorted using a cell sorter, and the order of each stage during endothelial cell differentiation can be confirmed through sorting and short-term culture. To some extent, this process can be supported under serum-free conditions. That's informative. With numerous reliable methods for generating endothelial cells from embryonic stem cells and multiple markers for purifying cells in this differentiation pathway, are the endothelial cells derived from embryonic stem cells suitable for use in cell biology? Yes, indeed. A significant system has emerged from the study of embryonic stem cell differentiation culture, the clonogenic assay of vascular progenitors using the OP9 stromal cell line. A detailed protocol for this method has been reported. In brief, the cell population containing vascular progenitors is seeded onto the OP9 cell layer, where they form colonies within four to seven days. These colonies can be detected by staining with endothelial cell-specific markers. Based on single-cell deposition analysis, this assay supports the clonogenic growth of individual progenitors. Importantly, this assay is effective for studying progenitors present in actual embryos as well. Moreover, similar culture systems have been employed for culturing embryonic fragments to investigate the vascular development process. Are there many stromal cell lines suitable for use in this assay? 
Not exactly. Many stromal cell lines have been tested, but none have yielded better results than the OP9 stromal cell line for this purpose. Additionally, no exogenous molecules are required for this assay, suggesting that OP9 cells express all the essential molecules necessary for the clonogenic growth of endothelial cells. In fact, many crucial angiogenic molecules are expressed by OP9 cells. Several factors determine its suitability for the clonogenic assay, including the expression level and balance of angiogenic molecules within the cell line. The addition of exogenous vascular endothelial growth factor to OP9 culture leads to the dispersion of endothelial cell colonies, making colony quantification challenging. Nevertheless, OP9 cell lines provide a favorable environment for enumerating the number of clonogenic endothelial cell progenitors, which can be derived from both embryonic stem cell differentiation cultures and actual embryos. It's worth noting that the proliferative capacity of endothelial cells may decline with maturation, leading to a reduced proportion of endothelial cell progenitors clonable by this assay during embryogenesis. Your insights are much appreciated. That concludes our discussion on endothelial cell differentiation for today. Thank you for your patience and the valuable information you've shared. We'll conclude here, and I hope you have a wonderful day. Thank you very much. Likewise, have a great day.